Man up in my city on the roof, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe The Providence College Friars Top for the crossover The reverse Oh, baby The rush the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Providence Crier Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, the Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter, that's at Providence Crier. Read our blog, theprovidencecrier.com. Join with me as always, we've got BOC. Follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. Today is Wednesday, January 26th, and PC coming off a 2-0 week. Last time we met was after the Georgetown game. Um, we previewed the Butler game, but PC took care of Butler over the weekend, um, 83-75, I believe, um, if so, I remember serves the record. 69-62. You might have had a few too many tall boys. It was 69-62, really? Yeah, the, the, the Georgetown game was 83. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. Whoops. Okay, well, <laughs> there you have it. 69-62, uh, Friars over the dogs. I should have known that because I took a photo of the race of 69 because we literally finished at 69. Uh, but, yeah, so PC goes 2-0 on the week, taking care of business like they should have. And, uh, what, what were your thoughts of the week that was? I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's good. Good teams do what they need to do. And we were supposed to finish this week two and Um Games are probably a little bit closer than everybody wanted, but this is the big East, you know, a win is a win, whether you're home or away. Um, so you take two and all day uh, and it continues to cement us at the top of the big East ahead of a really, really tough week ahead against Xavier and uh, Marquette. So um, continue to be impressed with the, uh, the team first approach with this Friar squad. It seems like a different person stepping up every game. You don't have to lean on Watson to score 25 a game for us to have a chance. It's, it's just a really nice feeling to see contributions across the entire roster. So I love where we're at, but um, this is truly going to be a, a, a test for us this upcoming week. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I was at the Butler game. I didn't have too many, but uh... – uh, I don't know, because I, I just forgot the score. But, uh, um, you know, kind of like Georgetown, Butler came out kind of hitting everything. Um, and, and we were like, here we go again. And, you know, they got a really good game at, at a Hodges. I, I, I feel that, like, vindicated that Hodges played well against us. Uh, Bo Hodges. He, he, really, he really is like a football player that, that just happens to be on a basketball court. He's yeah. like, he's a, he's a good player. I like him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he, he goes for 17 points on eight of 12 from the floor, eight rebounds, his best game back for the dogs. Um, Chuck Harris was pretty much every bit as advertised. I, I think he, you know, shot the ball a ton, nine of 19. So that's not ideal, but he had 21 points. Um, 
I thought we did a good job overall defending him. Um, it seemed like multiple guys, whether it would have been Manaya, Durham, uh, checking Harris throughout the game. Um, you know, I thought Golden also played well. Uh, he had 11-5. Yeah, I mean, I, BOC is shaking his hand right now. Uh, as in, eh, not really. I mean, I agree. Their front court's just not as good defensively as some well, of the other ones will come into. My, the shaking of the hand was more so he got away with a couple dirty plays. He flopped <laughs> a few times. I think – like you're watching it, you're watching it uh, on the broadcast, or I'm watching the broadcast. You're live, and it seems like the the refs kept rewarding the Butler team for playing inferior defense and not being in position, and they flopped to get away with it, and they made those calls. I thought um, Golden. There was one play where he, I think he pushed Manai or something. I forget what it was, and then he set that screen on him, that hard screen. So. Um, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of him. I think he's, you know, run of the mill, big East front court player. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was impressed with Hodges. I was impressed with Harris. Um, their, their freshman Taylor, he's, he only got 13 minutes. That was strange. I guess with Hodges coming into the mix, he wasn't going to get as much burn. They're going to be good. They're going to have a bright future that the European Lacocious he's, he played 25 minutes and he seemed very confident in himself, which you want in a freshman. Like he was just, he went one of seven and he was just chucking up shots. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it just goes to show you, you know, the big East, even the crappy teams that they got talent. I mean, you always say they got scholarships too, but um, oh, yeah. you know, this is just a league that top to bottom has a lot of talent. And even the teams that aren't playing well, I think you can kind of look towards them as, maybe being able to get over the hump in the future, uh, especially I think this young Butler team. And then you think about DePaul, even with Tony Stubblefield, I think he can make some noise going forward. Ewing and the Hoyas. I mean, who knows? <laughs> like he, maybe he'll finally end his bad luck of, of losing guys to the portal and stuff, but. Well, you, you were probably on, I don't know if you were on, no, I'm trying to think when was this? It was, it was no, sorry. It was the day before, but. Georgetown almost took it from Nova. Yeah, I know. And yeah. they fell apart at the end. Yeah, it was the day prior. My fault. I'm mixing my days up. Um, they they were they had the lead with what eight points, and then they just you know Nova turned it on into another into another level. But it just shows like top to bottom, the Big East is a battle, and you just gotta you can't take any game for granted because you'll lose those games. Yeah, for sure. And then you look at the PC side uh, once again a balanced scoring attack from the Friars. They have. Uh, six guys that finished with at least eight points, uh, four guys in double figures. Those were Nate Watson, who led the way with 18 and seven. Uh, Al Durham had 12 points on four of 11 from the floor, but added three assists, three rebounds, got to the line like he always does, although missed a few. That, that was kind of surprising. Yeah. Um, and then off the bench, Bynum and Crosswell are continuing to deliver uh, serious bench production. At Crossroll, 10 points on 5-5 five five shooting. I tweeted this out the other day. In his last four games, Ed Crosswell has 41 points on 19 of 21 from the floor. <laughs> Getting it done. <laughs> He's just – he knows his role better than anybody else on this team, maybe besides Manaya, and he just plays it, to, plays it to a T. He knows he's coming in off the bench. He's the bruiser. He's going to be the kind of the junkyard dog, and he just epitomizes that. He knows his role. He's not trying to – knock down any uh, 
deep shots or anything, or any perimeter shots. He knows exactly what he needs to do, and he's a perfect fit for this team. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then Bynum, he had 10 points as well, six assists. Uh, he had that nasty drive to the hoop where he faked past, got the guy swaying oh, yeah. one way and laid it yeah, in. Yeah. That was pretty funny in our text group. It wasn't you, but, but our – but our other buddy texted like, I don't know how he got so open. I was like, uh, the fake pass? Like, that's literally how he yeah, got yeah, so yeah. open. Like, that was the play. Uh, so that was great to see Bynum continuing to show his offensive improvement from a season ago. He also I was, hit two I was, I was actually happier with his, um, his assist total, six assists and only two turnovers. So three to one assist to turnover ratio, I think maybe just me personally, and this could be a bias of mine. I always thought he was more of a, like almost like a Pipkins where he was scoring first. And now he seems to be rounding into like a true point, uh, which is fantastic, obviously, because we know he can score. And if he could start uh, setting his uh, teammates up for easy buckets, like he did with uh, a couple of different players, that's, you know, he's just turning into really a, an all round good backward player. Yep. So PC goes two and zero, and what happens with the metrics? Of course, PC drops. Uh, right now, where are they at? Ken Ken Palm right now, like fifty. I'm looking at. I'm looking at it. Don't worry. Oh, great. They're at uh, they're at fifty seven. Fifty seven. I'm Keep sorry. 50, 50, 56. Sorry. 56. Okay, it was fifty six. Yeah. So uh, they're sam- they're sandwiched between a thirteen and five and a twelve and six team, even though they are sixteen and two. So go figure. And, and let me just draw a few teams that are above them right now. Yeah, please right, do. Let's do it. 54, 10 and 8, Kansas State. 50, or excuse me, 51, 10 and 8, Oklahoma State. Um, 42, Florida, 12 and 7. Oh, here's a good one. Number 40, Virginia Tech at 10 and 9. All right, here's a. Michigan, nine and seven. What are we doing here at 25? They're still, oh my God. Unbelievable. But the thing is like, they're uh, like, oh yeah. They're like, oh yeah. It corrects as the season gets closer to the finish. It's like, yeah, no shit. That's what it's supposed to do. Like if it was a good algo, it'd be like predicting it ahead of time. Not, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, finally they're adjusting for Memphis. Memphis is only 60 at 10 and eight in the American. Um, so yeah, like a ton of teams with with triple the losses of Providence. I had a, it, it's crazy, but is what it is at this point, right? <laughs> I don't think Ken Palm did any convincing when he was on the Kevin McNamara Sports Hour there. So um, I guess we just got to deal with it. He was a uh, he was on uh, Fanta's uh, late night show last night, and somebody sent me a screenshot of the co- of the comments. And it was all like, what's going on with your metrics? Providence is getting hosed or something like, like, yeah, yeah, I forget what it was, but. Hyenas were out. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like everybody's just done with him. I feel terrible for him. Kill him. Uh, But uh, so AP ranking wise, put out a poll earlier in the week. I know I screwed it up. Uh, I'll be better next time in terms of the numbering of the teams, but uh, I thought we would, we'd be no higher than 20 just because we went down in KP with the two wins and we continue to get no respect. But here we are, 17. PC's highest ranking this year. PC has now been ranked six straight weeks, knock on wood. Uh, so 
you know, I, I'm pretty happy with the ranking. How about you? Uh, it's what I expected. So I, I put out that same thing that I did the top 25 teams and their performances, like the losses. And there were four teams ahead of us that lost twice last week. So I thought at a minimum, we're going to jump those four. And I thought there's a chance we could have jumped a few others um, and been 15 or 16, but 17, you know, it is what it is. I think we personally should be higher, but I'm not going to complain because um, we have a chance to win a couple games this week. And we win two games this week. We will absolutely be a lock for the top 10. Um, my one, my one final caveat I'll say about the AP poll is I have no idea why we're not the highest ranked biggest team uh, ranked nationally. That, that to me, like, I don't know what Nova has done to this year, what Nova's done this year to deserve being ranked higher than us, but. Uh, yeah, know, no, four gets... losses, uh, below us in the standings in the big East, uh, you name it. We have better it's wins. Nice. We have better wins. Um, we have more wins. We have less losses. We're higher ranked in the conference. I, what am I missing here? I don't, I don't get it. Yes, but but Nova is a Fortune 500 company. What are we, a penny stock? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. Um, so big, massive week coming up here. Providence now. Done with the teams that are in the basement. This week, they'll have a much stiffer challenge. Two ranked opponents this week. You got uh, Xavier on the road Wednesday, 6.30 on CBS Sports Night, I believe. Uh, the Muskies come in ranked. Did they have our 21 spot right now? Yeah, they're at 21. <clears throat> yeah, so I believe they went one-on-one this past week, beating DePaul, just eclipsing DePaul, and then losing to Marquette. On the road, Marquette's on fire now. They're in the top 25, and they will be PC's opponent over the weekend, barring this massive snowstorm that's coming. We'll see if, if that impacts the game at all. But uh, By the way, quick, quick, quick question for you. Besides Auburn, would you say Marquette's the hottest team in the country? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, what, what, they've won like seven straight now? Six straight, seven straight? Yeah, I, I don't think – yeah, besides besides Auburn, I think they're the hottest team in the country. Um, so that's gonna that's going to be a fun one on Saturday, like you said. If the storm doesn't have other plans for us, yep. So you know, PC obviously looking to avenge the thirty point loss at Marquette um, a few weeks back. Um, like you said, Shock has got the Golden Eagles playing like a buzzsaw right now. They're they're on fire. Um, who, who they got this week before us? They got, um, let me check. They have seen Hall. <laughs> oh, oh boy. We'll get to them later. Yeah, yeah. Oh I, I have plans <laughs> to get to them later. Um, oh my God. But, uh, so yeah, they'll take on Seen Hall. Um, whereas PC will make the trip to Cincinnati to face the Xavier Musketeers at the Cintas Center. PC. Xavier, over the past five years, they've split the home and home. Um, all all four, four of the five seasons, it was the home team would win each game. The, the, the one of the seasons sandwiched in between, it was actually the road team that went, in, went in, and won both games of the, the series there. But um, we got ourselves a special guest today to preview the Xavier game. Uh, he goes by Captain Xavier on Twitter, I'm sure. Many of you are familiar with his work. 
Uh, he does a blog for um, the Muskies, the, the Rope Blob podcast. The Blob, I guess, is their second uh, mascot. Um, who's a giant blob. I don't really know what it has to do anything with musketeers, but that's okay. Um, so, so that'll be a fun conversation with him as we preview the game against Xavier. So let's get right to that interview. But first, a quick word from our sponsors at Anchor. All right, welcome back to the Province Crier podcast. We got a special guest here for us to preview the Xavier game. It's CapEx. You probably know him on Twitter. Uh, he's, he does the Roblox podcast, all about Xavier Hoops. And uh, glad to have you on the show, buddy. Big game coming up this week. Pleasure to be here. You could not be more right. And it's just a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to talk hoops uh, with the rabid fan base. I love it. All right. So let's get right to it. Um, you and I, we've been on, on that the igloo in terms of like the Big East, uh, you know, preview show going into the year, the last two years. And I think you can, you can, you know, level with me here. Xavier's had a ton of talented teams, loaded roster the past few seasons. And obviously, you know, you guys haven't gotten it done, but this year, after a 14 and four start, what's been the biggest difference in, in your opinion, watching the games? Yeah, I think this, I think the energy level is consistent uh, game in and game out. I think in the last couple of years, and it's been a lot more underclassmen the last couple of years too. Um, but I think it's just been like a, a huge roller coaster as far as energy level, as far as commitment, um, as far as uh, just mentally being prepared for games. We would just be like, you know, we would have like six turnovers and then the next game have like 24. Uh, we were just very, very up and down. I think we've seen a very consistent Xavier team uh, game in and game out from a, an effort perspective, energy perspective. Um, I think that's played a big part in it. And then too, I mean, it's just, I'm going to be honest, like college basketball, like the ball can just bounce, you know, a certain way. And so many games are so close. I think in some of those past Xavier years, like a ball could have bounced a different way and it's a different season. Um, kind of the same thing this, this year, we've won a lot of close games too. So um, I think that, you know, a couple of plays go a couple of different ways. It's a different narrative. So you know how it is the, the line between winning and losing is very narrow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We can attest <laughs> 13 and 13 season last year. <laughs> right. Um, so you guys added a big transfer in Jack Nungy from the Big Ten. Uh, I was a big Iowa guy last year, followed, followed that team a lot. And Nungy was just awesome. Just a big guy off the bench um, that can shoot it from three. Yep. What, what kind of difference has he made for you guys this year? Oh, he's been huge. I mean, he, he's been, you, you mentioned it right when you brought him up. I was like, that's probably the big difference. Um, he's just been absolutely massive for us. Uh, Zach Freeman, a very good player. Honestly, an awful defender, uh, especially interior. Um, and it's honestly gotten even worse uh, this year. He just has no interest in playing interior defense, um, which is fine because he's a really good scorer. Um, but Nunji's just as solid a big man as you can have. He's not anything crazy flashy. He doesn't get off the floor more than four inches. Um, but, but he's got great awareness. He knows where to be. Um, and he just finishes. Uh, it's a simple game of basketball when you put the ball in the hole, and he's pretty good at putting the ball in the hole. Um, he's just he's, – he's a really good big man. He's really sound, really solid. Well, I think oh, – I think – yeah, yeah. I think one of the big things is like, you know, we're, we're talking Xavier at this point and we really haven't touched upon Scruggs or really Fremantle who were kind of yeah. the, the folks who everybody thought was going to lead the Xavier team and talk about Conkle, you talk about Johnson. There's just, it seems like there's seven or eight players that could lead the team in scoring at any point, even Jones. Um, I think the balanced scoring, it really reminds me a lot of like Providence. Do you guys like having that balanced scoring or would you rather have like an alpha to lean on? I love it this way. Uh, I'm going to be yeah. really honest. I love it this way because uh, you think of like current or, or past teams where you got one or two guys. It's, if they're down, it's over. Um, yeah. I love this roster. I think we've had eight guys lead the team in scoring during the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 
And certain guys have, you know, have made the difference. I mean, there's been a game where like Dwan Odom, for example, without him, I don't think we win, you know, a certain game. So um, I love the balance attack the way it is for sure. It definitely so, gives you like less of like a, oh crap. Like what, what do you expect tonight? Like yeah, exactly. the same way right now, like balanced team, you know, everyone's kind of doing their role and it's leading to success. So absolutely. So we have to ask, because he is one of our favorite recruits that we were trying to get and you guys stole him from us. What the heck's going on with Ben Stanley? Ben Stanley, he is, uh, you know, king of the bench mob uh, right now. <laughs> he had a really, really bad injury. Um, so he's still coming back. I think he's like, he's practicing, but he's not like all the way back. But he's just absolute gold as far as content is concerned. Um, awesome. it, I mean, if he's mic'd up and you're going to have a really, really good time, he's hilarious. Just nothing but good energy. Um, could be a big contributor next year, but I think right now the rotation's kind of set as it is. Yeah, and another guy, uh, you know, not a guy PC was after, but but uh, Kai Kai Tandy, like, what the heck? Since his freshman year, man. Weird situation. I mean, he came <laughs> into year two last year with huge expectations. First, I mean, he was averaging like 20 points a game after four or five games. We've seen him do it. Um, down the stretch, his freshman year averaged double digits um, in the Big East. So really, really weird that how much he fell off. But I think it's also a testament how much talent's on the, on the roster uh, that a guy like that can get boxed out. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about Fremantle. It's kind of funny that you said he's horrible defensively because we did a – going into the year, we kind of did a Big East preview and we gave awards. And I, I'll be honest, I, I didn't do enough research. And I when we when Big East Defensive Player of the Year came up, <laughs> I accidentally said Fremantle and Corley like looked at me like I had ten heads. Uh, so coming off the foot injury, though, he, he hasn't been himself. Like his first game back, I believe you, you put up big numbers, but overall it's kind of been up and down for him. Do you think he's progressing or? I think it's so, I think there are a lot of factors. I think one huge piece is just that this is such a, a much more talented and, and deep team. Um, so it's a lot harder to get into a rhythm when last year we needed him to be in rhythm. I mean, if, if Zach Freeman wasn't scoring, we were in trouble last year. And this year it's like, Hey, if you're not scoring, we got Nate Johnson, we got Colby Jones, we got Nungy, we got Scruggs, you know, that's fine. I mean, if you don't want to score, grab some bench. You know what I mean? Like we don't, we don't even need you, uh, which is weird because he was first team all big East uh, preseason, but um, a lot of things at play there. I think he's having a hard time getting in rhythm. We're not dependent on Fremantle this year to score. Um, I think those are a lot of things that, that are, and we have other guys that are playing good ball. So um, if he's off, we don't necessarily need him to be scoring. I also think the tough thing is like Nate Watson two years ago had a knee injury, like right before the season started. Yeah. Um, and when he came back, I think he came back in like December or something, just wasn't the same all year, which yeah. kind of sucks. Like, I feel like having right. a return from an injury as a college kid midseason is pretty tough. Especially right before Big East play. I feel like if you can get a few like non-Big East yeah. games under your belt, but it's like, there's no time to coddle anybody right now. I mean, it's, it's, it's win or go home right now. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no time to, you know, no rest for the sick right now. You got to ball out. So as, so as somebody who's been following Xavier, you know, you guys have been in the league for what, eight years now? Are you, are you guys loving the move to the Big East? Like, you know, conference oh, yeah. play here, Madison Square Garden. Couldn't have been better. Uh, it, it's honestly a dream come true. Um, you know, what? you know, I'm 29 years old. So my first half of my life was, was a 10. Um, yeah. and it was always a dream to be able to move up to a league like this. And, you know, honestly admiring a lot of the teams in this league. Um, I, I love it. And it's also been a noticeable uptick for us. I mean, a noticeable uptick in, um, you know, obviously to stay afloat in this league, you have to up your own game. So yeah. our facilities have gone to another level. Our recruiting has gone to another level. Um, there's a noticeable uh, uptick and just, you know, a tide can raise all boats kind of deal. So, 
um, been great for us. And, and I feel like we've offered our, you know, our side of the plate as well. I think we've offered a lot to the league and um, been successful, you know, in the league and in subway tournament. So I think it's been good for both sides. Oh yeah. I, I love Xavier. I think if there's, there's two programs that I think near Providence, I think it's Xavier and Seton Hall. I love like I the culture, same thing. similar cultures. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we love having you guys in conference. Yeah, we love it too. And we, we hope that we're doing our side of the bargain too. I just, I love contributing to the league. And as Ed Cooley would say, go big East. Yeah, <laughs> and you guys certainly have the uh, NCAA tournament uh, success over us. <laughs> you got that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. The final four. Other than the final four. Which yeah, we, we got no one. one. <laughs> We're just consistent, um, though, and, and I'll, I'll take that to the bank. I mean, we've, we've been consistent. We might not have the final four, the championships or whatever, but over the last 20 years, I think you're, you know, less than 10 programs have as many Sweet 16s as we do. So um, yeah. I'll definitely – I'll take that to the bank. There you go. So, um, all right, let's get down to this game. You know, 6.30 tip, CBS Sports. Um, <laughs> Steve what, what are we expecting? What are we expecting on Wednesday? Oh, it's going to be a dog fight, man. It's going to be an absolute rock fight. I think it's going to be relatively low scoring. Um, I think it's going to be a battle of the best players. I think, you know, obviously we got two uh, grandparents as far as uh, college basketball is concerned and Nate Watson and Paul Scruggs. Um, Paul Scruggs played with Trayvon Blewett like this is absolutely (laughs) insane uh, what we're seeing right now I love it though Uh, but I think it's going to be a dog fight I think it's going to be very very physical Um, Xavier needs a win bad Uh, we've you know we've dropped a couple and haven't looked very good so um, I think it's going to be a dog fight and Providence is not going to back down Uh, I think it's just going to be I think it's going to be very very physical and I I can't wait absolute rock fights Mike Mike Mike, what was Mike, what was the game that we played, Xavier? I think it was two years ago. That second half game at the dunk where I think it was Tyreek Jones went off in the second half. Like, that was one of the best basketball games I think I've watched in, like, Big East play. Do you remember that one? Yeah, that was a tight one. Uh, yeah, that like, that second half, it was back and forth. It was, like, heavyweight punch after heavyweight punch. And it was Watson and it was Tyreek Jones, right? What? Yeah, we were obsessed with Tyreek Jones. He, he's from Oh, my God. We wanted we, – he was the perfect fit for us, Cooley. One of my favorite muskies ever, bro. And, yeah. and the, those Tyreek Nate Watson showdowns were epic. I love yeah. that matchup. Yeah, he was the best. I mean, just your perfect big dunks, everything, so much energy. Uh, I, I love Tyreek, bro. Yeah. All right. So, so, from a Fire fan perspective, who should we be watching out for big time in this one? Is it is it Johnson? Is it Kunkel? Is it Nunji? I mean, oh man, it, it could be anybody. I think Nunji's a huge piece to watch because he's a different guard uh, for Nate Watson. I'm not saying he's going to contain him, but I like his chances way more over what we did last year. Um, Nunji's been really solid against pretty good bigs, so he's a good one. And he's also he's a really good rebounder. Uh, really knows where to be. I think the guy you're going to want to watch is Colby Jones. Um, he was a nice player last year, nice freshman last year. He's on another level. I mean, I think we'll be lucky. To keep, if we get him another season, I'll, I'll consider myself very, very lucky. Um, and then Nate Johnson can shoot the shit out of the ball. He's been a little off the last few games, but good Lord, he can shoot the shit out of the ball. And he's kind of got a J.R. Smith complex where, like, the tougher the shot, the better a shooter he is. Um, so he, he might piss you off if he gets going. Um, and then you know who Paul is. You know what he's all about. And then uh, I was going to say one more name. Dwan Odom has had, has had a resurgence a little bit. Um, had a career high in the 20s against Marquette the other night. Um, he can be absolutely vicious uh, downhill. And I could see this being a physical game, so I could see us using a lot of DeWan. Yeah, I mean, if you want to give Travis Steele some tips, uh, when Marquette <laughs> blew us out, pick and roll defense was horrendous. So I, okay. I don't know where you guys are running with, with Nunji and Scruggs. Nunji, there, Nunji and Scruggs do a lot of pick and pop. So. That's, that's yeah. what I do. 
and he can step out too. So he, he can be a nightmare guard. He scored 31 in the shootout. Um, he, he's definitely capable of an epic game. All right. So let's, uh, let's kind of end here on, on a, well, actually first, give us your prediction. We're in a prediction business. So I think yeah. you, know, so you put your prediction in the article. Yeah. Right. I yeah, I so I agree. I I agree with what Cap's saying. I said Providence loses to Xavier 71-64, but it's going to be like the final score make the game's a lot closer than the final score. I think like yep. Xavier like Providence misses a couple at the end and then Xavier kind of extends the lead, but I think they end up winning, you know, being at home. It's yep. just going to be it, it's going to be an awesome atmosphere two ranked teams. I think Xavier ends up, you know, it's going to be a two or three point game throughout the game and then Xavier pulls away at the end. Yeah, I tend to agree. On every every Providence pod I've ever gone on, I've predicted Providence. This is the first time I picked Xavier. Um, I think Cintas is the difference. I think on a neutral, I'd pick Providence. I think at Providence, I'd probably pick Providence by about 10. Um, I'm going to take Xavier 69-63. I think Cintas makes a difference. This is just a hungry team that needs a win. And I think Xavier's just too talented a team uh, that when they come out in like a, you know, a back against the wall kind of scenario, I think they're just really tough to beat. Um, but that being said, Providence is as tough of a matchup as there is for us. Uh, I think a really, really good athletic big like Nate Watson is the the worst uh, kind of guard for us um, with Deontay being kind of hurt and Nunji not being crazy athletic. He's long, but he's not crazy athletic, uh, but it's going to be a great game. I mean, it, I, I, I pick Xavier, but it's not like a pick. I'm like, Oh yeah. Take us to the bank. It's going to be really, really yeah, close. I mean, I, I think, I think I'm going to lean towards an X win too for a lot of things that you've said in terms of them needing a win. Also, this being Providence's first real test post COVID yeah. pause, so it's going to be a tough game. Like you said, Sintas is. It's been no great joke this year either. It's always been a great place to play. Yeah. This year has been on another level now that like fans are back. Yeah. It's been wild. And we've had some crazy games too. I mean, this has been a dream of like a home slate. Like we got Ohio State at home, which we've been wanting revenge on them since 2004. Uh, you know, we had UC at home. You know, it's, it's been a crazy slate. Um, it's going to be a ruckus for sure. Ranked game, it's going to be insane. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Like, with you can kind of say the same about the dunk, too. It just seems like yeah. a different energy. People are yeah. moving, like ready to ro- like ready to roll. Just like there was a pent up demand, bro. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, I, I saw it. In, I saw it in TBT, dude. Like, we filled this TBT arena for summer basketball. Like, <laughs> it, it's there's a pent up demand for sure. And it's been a wild year. Yeah, and we're we good now. To get a TBT going, but we don't have the powers of, of Cap who, who got it done. It wasn't me. Dude, I got I got lucky, though. I, got, I was in the right place at the right time, bro. <laughs> um, all right. So before 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 we get you out of here, um, now I've always wanted to go, you know, do different road trips for opposing Big East teams, catch a game at their court. I've done it with UConn. You know, I've, I've been in the Prudential Center, not not CC and Hall, but I've been at MSG, obviously, for, for Big East Tournament and stuff like that. I think, like, on my list, Butler's probably won because of Hankel. Yep. And then, I don't know, I kind of want to check out Cincinnati. So so give me your your tourist recruiting pitch to me, why I should go to Cincinnati. <laughs> Honestly, it's a beautiful arena. We just got a brand new uh, Jumbotron in there. And you got to try Skyline Chili, man. It, it, wouldn't, be, <laughs> it wouldn't be a trip. Unless you do it, I bathe in it every night. It's it's beautiful. It's a godsend. It's good for your pores. Uh, nah, man, it's a it's just a great place to watch basketball. This city is obsessed with basketball. Um, literally, it'll be the middle of summer, and there'll be a breakout like Cincinnati Xavier 
just Twitter beef, like out of nowhere, bro. This city is obsessed with basketball. Uh, every single night, it, it's, it's a ruckus in there, bro. I don't care if we're playing Eastern Tennessee State. Um, some skyline, some hoops. You can't beat it, bro. It's, it's the life. Uh, if I go, I will definitely try it. Uh, I'm a venturous eater. Dana Gardens. It's, a, it's, a, it's the life down here. <laughs> love it. But I love all of our little basketball cultures, bro. Like, I, I, that's what I love about this league. There's not one school that doesn't have, like, pride in its school. Yep. Um, not one single arena doesn't have character to it. I really want to go see a game at Creighton, bro. That arena is yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, there's, I mean, but every arena has got its own allure. Um, I, I love this league, bro. I, I genuinely do. Awesome. All right. I got, well, a couple, uh, I got a couple questions for you, if you don't mind. Yeah. Just one quick All right, one. yeah, let's do it. One, one I want to say that my favorite game outside of any Xavier game in the Big East is UConn-Providence, and I absolutely can't wait. And there's <laughs> nothing more funny than the beef between you two. I absolutely oh. love it. I posted about Providence, bro, and I've got a 10-tweet thread about each other calling, their, calling each other poor. Like, I'm just like, this is gold, bro. I love this. I absolutely yeah, love it between you two. There's uh, there's some type of beef. Obviously, it's because we're so close geographically, but I think there's – um when UConn was at, like, its apex and they were just winning natties, for some reason we would always be able to pick them off at their place. Yeah. And even when like we were like below 500, we would we would win against them, and they're like, we don't get it. How do we keep losing <laughs> to this team? So there's a long history, and you know, you talk about how like each school has their own unique persona. I think every like when our teams aren't in the tournament, I think everybody else roots for everybody else. Providence yeah. fans might not root for UConn in the tournament. It's just it's, it's funny. Crazy. Yeah. I find myself not rooting for UConn, and I, the thing is, yeah. I like the <laughs> fan base. I think it's funny, but like, I guess here's just what it is. One, it's so fucking funny watching them be put in their place because they're so yeah. like holier than thou, like oh, we're yeah. the kings of everything. Daddy's back. It's like the playing AAC, or AAC bro, didn't exist. You've had losing records multiple years in the freaking American, bro. Don't hit me with this daddy's back crap. I don't want to hear it. Um, but but they're so funny though. I, I really do love that fan base, even though it's just really funny watching them put in their place. My last question: This is a little bit more national. What do you guys think about Chris Mack out in Louisville, man? Oh, we're meant to ask you, so I'm glad you brought it up, man. That's tough. Like, talk about Whew. a guy who had it made at Xavier. Uh, His last year, it was a one seed. Right. I know. Exactly. I, oh. um, and, and it's so, so modern. So and then I you go to the wife's song modern, and then <laughs> This was not <laughs> a part of the plan, Chris. You know, she, he's going home to, like, her holding the rolling pin, like, ready to beat that ass. <laughs> it's a rough night in the Mac household. Well, yeah, so I how mean, about that? Like, what do Xavier fans think about this? Obviously, was very successful with you guys. and He was the best like coach we've ever had. Win. Same thing as Sean Miller, bro, out of, out of Arizona. Like, it's weird because they had such great careers here, and we didn't want them to leave when they left. Um, and I think it'd be a little different if Steele had had a little bit more success right now. Um, but, man, I mean, like, we're ranked right now. Like, life is good. Uh, currently, but it's just wild, bro. It's it's wild. I, I thought that one was going to go so incredibly well. You look at John Brandon at Cincinnati and Chris Mack at Louisville. Both eras already over, and now their yeah. TikTok careers get to go to the. If you've seen that TikTok of them dancing, it's now their TikTok careers are going to the, the whole other level. If I stop now, um, just wild. That's already come and gone. I thought he was going to be great there. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I mean, so did I, I. The one thing I'll say though is like it's so tough. Like you look at. Ashaka Smart making the move from VCU to Texas. Like, yeah, so much expectations, and you they're gonna make you recruit the top guys, right? Like, you, you can't, right. I feel like you're forced to recruit the top guys, whether or not they, they'd be a fit for you or not. And yep. I feel like that's kind of the case with Mac. And then at a school like Louisville, your leash is so short, like, yeah. he's had no time. 
He, he's had like what two years, three years. On top of that, he inherits like a horrible situation to begin with. Oh, awful situation! Like, oh my god! And now I'm just thinking about these candidates, bro. I saw them release a candidate list from all these verified accounts. Will Wade and freaking Bruce Pearl. Are Bruce Pearl, I know. Oh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a madhouse at that school. Oh my god! If it was bad with Patino, good lord. <laughs> oh so just funny times. Great time to be a college basketball fan. It really is. All right, so PC Xavier. Uh, tip off 6.30 at the Stintas Center, catching on CBS Sportsnet. Cap, thanks for having you. Uh, ha- ha- thank you for being on with us. We appreciate it. Um, Radio's yeah, hard. Outside of our two games, go Muskies, right? Go Muskies, go Big East. Pleasure. It's going to be epic. Let's go, baby. This is what it's thanks, all about. Man. All right, thanks. Thanks, fellas. Great conversation there with Captain Xavier, giving us all we need to know about the Muskies as, as PC and Xavier had their top 25 clash on Wednesday night. BLC, what'd you think of Cap? Great guy. Great guy. And I love having conversations with two things of people who are passionate about their school and the team they support, but also people who know basketball. And he clearly knows basketball, throwing out some uh, references, not even not only to the Big East, but, you know, nationwide. So, yeah, it was a really fun conversation. And I think the, you know, the big theme is, you know, Big East school just – love each other, maybe besides UConn. And yeah, we love, UConn. So, and <laughs> that we love was a lesson learned. <laughs> yeah, and we love supporting each other. So it's nice to have these conversations because I really do feel this way. I don't think there's any other conference that has this allegiance that the Big East does. And it's that, you know, it's that basketball, basketball first mantra. So, yeah, it was a great conversation. Good to uh, connect with him. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, that Xavier game presents a tough, tough test for the Friars. Um, I, I think, you know, I think we match up with them well. It's just like I think they have more they have more dudes than we have. Uh and I just think like Cap alluded to, I, I think playing at Sintas is always a tough out and his boys are needing to win. So, you know, we'll have a prediction on the article's already out to preview it, but I'll add my prediction at some point. But I, I'm leaning towards L as well. But it doesn't mean we can't have a good week, BLC, because Marquette will come to town Saturday. Apparently we got a nor'easter coming. I got to figure out my plans on how I get boots on the ground uh, despite snowstorm. Uh, but a big week for PC. I think one and one, we're happy, right? Absolutely. One and one status quo. Um, you should stay the same in the rankings and we should, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Villanova this week, but um, we should be one or two, one or two in the big East still. So uh one and one, you're happy. Two and zero, oh, you're absolutely ecstatic. And now you're like really starting to talk about, you know, you go two and zero oh with two wins against top twenty five teams. You're starting to talk about top four, maybe top three rankings nationally in the NCAA tournament. You know, you don't know. Like, we'll be a locked top ten. Um, That's what you were AP. saying. I saw your tweet there. You said that if we go two and zero oh this week, a lock for the top ten. Dude, lock for top. If you win, if you beat Xavier on the road. It, they're ranked. Then you beat Marquette at home. They're ranked. You're 18 and two. You, you got to stop ignoring us. Like just stop. Yep. Um, so I think, yeah, I'll, I'll take that one to the grave. We're two and zero this week. We're t- locked top 10. Um, but I think, you know, the, the big East is a bear. And I think it's like, you know, I've said it before to meat grinder. I think we'll go one and one um, and fans should be happy with that. I know it sounds weird to say you should be happy with a one and one slate. You just need to make sure you, um, don't go 0-2 because that is a possibility as well. And the nice thing is with, you know, our really good start, theoretically say we do go 0-2, you 
what are we, 16 and four? Yep. <laughs> like we're, we're, still, <laughs> we're, still in, we're still in an okay place. <laughs> Except you know what the media is going to do. I know. We'll be out of the top 25. We'll be. Oh, oh dude. I doubt we'll, if we're, if we lose two, if we lose two, I don't even think we're going to receive votes. They're just waiting on it. They're, they're waiting. They're waiting in the shadows, just waiting to pounce on us. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. So let's wrap the show up. A uh, few closeout thoughts here. Um, one, this was announced after the Georgetown win. Of course, BOC, you and I recorded right after the game, so we missed this from our last episode. But it was announced that Bob Driscoll will be stepping down as Providence AD at, at school year's end. Uh, great run for Bob. Um, first of all, you know, I, I want to say, first of all, he's been a great AD. What he's done at the school is kind of unmatched. Um, you know, bring a national title to hockey, uh, having PC be relevant again. And that's translated into the facilities for our sports teams, for the facilities for the education, right? Like the campus has been transformed. And I think a lot of that, you have to look towards athletics being the catalyst of that. Um, You know, also want to say like, when I work for the team, Driscoll, when he comes to practice, always say hello, always chat you up, ask about your family. Just a really good dude. Uh, so I wish him the best in retirement. Um, going to be tough shoes to fill, BOC. Yeah. I mean, think about everything he's done as an athletic director. Like like you said, the Natty and ice hockey, you know, hiring Cooley, making the basketball program relevant. But even some of the, quote, unquote, smaller, smaller sports like men's and women's soccer. Men's soccer has turned into a national juggernaut, you know, which is hard for PC. Uh, our cross-country teams are nationally known. Uh, lacrosse teams are, you know, bordering on becoming like a really relevant team. So it's just, I'm, and I'm probably missing a few teams, so apologies, but donations, every, everything. He's just like a rising tide lifts all boats. And he's done so much for the school because, you know, the better athletic programs do, the more money comes in, the more people will apply to school. So athletics is a huge component to a, to an institution. And he's done a fantastic job during his uh, tenure. So everybody should be very appreciative and realize what he did because it's, it's not easy and it shouldn't go unnoticed. Yeah. I mean, the Doug Flutie Hill, Hill Marys literally c- carried Boston college to, to where they are now. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so one thing I will say though, Cooley's always mentioned the support system around him and, and how that's so important in his relationship with father Shanley, who now left for St. John, who's been at St. John's the last couple of years and now with Driscoll leaving, I feel like Providence got to get this right. You got, and I would, I would consult Cooley as to who you want to bring in, because, like that's you, you just can't afford to lose the momentum in the goodwill that, that Driscoll's built with this program. Well, I think, I think, and we could spend a lot of time talking about this, but I think what the, the president and and the athletic director need to be very much aligned on where they want the future of the school to go because. You know, there's sometimes where a school like you don't want it to go the way of Holy Cross, where the president now wants it to become an academic institution with athletics being secondary. You need to realize that, like, you know, you can still become a very good, you know, liberal arts, like a good private school uh, academically. But athletics should be first and foremost, because like we've said, it brings in so much money for the school. Asses and and seats. (laughs) Yes, honestly. And like you need you need to make sure both the A.D., and the president are aligned there. So it's just as much on the president, if not more so. 
but you need to have, bring in an AD who understands the unique culture of Providence and that it is a small private school, but also at the same time with aspirations to, you know, build upon what Driscoll did. Yeah, did you know Driscoll came up with Friartown? I didn't even know that. Uh, I, I didn't that. know that either. That's pretty yeah. sweet. And I'll say this, the biggest mistake that he made ended up turning into the best decision he made at Providence College, hiring a recruiting firm to bring in Keno Davis. And once again, I, I don't want to crap on Keno Davis because he's actually a really good dude, uh, just in over his head with the job. It was a tough job, obviously. But then second time around, he gets it right, bringing in Cooley, bringing in Lehman for hockey. So Driscoll, um, good luck in retirement. All right, so I have a few other thoughts. Um, let's start with one that I wanted to get to last week, and I just forgot. Uh, Kevin Ollie secured the bag from UConn. Uh, he had an arbiter hear his case of wrongful termination and gets a reward of $11.175 million that had to be paid within 10 days. We're, we're closing in on those 10 days. I, I hope UConn, you know, like scraped up all the money that they have to give this guy. He's going to be like Scrooge McDuck jumping into the pool with all the money. That's um, right. <laughs> you know, it couldn't happen to a better guy into a worse program. So I, I'm <laughs> ecstatic. Um, you know, and like, also, it also, you know, the state of Connecticut isn't exactly doing well financially. So uh, no, no, that's always pretty funny. Yeah. Also, for me, like, I can't get over the UConn reaction to this, you know, like, oh, this is so sad that, you know, one of our great alumnus is now at odds with the school. Uh, and, you know, you know, it was a shame that he had to do these violations. Let's not get this twisted, people. Look at the timeline. Jim Calhoun left college basketball, but did he leave coaching? No, 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 no. He still coached for about six more years. So clearly he wasn't done coaching. Um, they bring in Kevin Ollie. Uh, Calhoun was a big time consultant with the team his, his first year out. He went to like all the games. Um, and let, let, let's call a spade a spade here. Kevin Ollie was the fall man for Jim Calhoun. That's what happened here, folks. And you know what? You guys finally got caught and you thought to yourselves, oh, we could find a better coach in Hurley, so let's get him out of here. No, he was wrongfully terminated. You pay the man $11.175 million. Now, do it now. <laughs> end of, I will, I will, end of that rent. <laughs> yeah, I love that it's in 10 days, too. Oh, good luck. <laughs> I know. Like, it's like Ozark style. We're like, you need to get the money quick. All right, and so my last one, BLC, Kevin Willard. Oh, oh. boy. Oh. I mean, I, I love Kevin Willard. I love to see an all program, but they're making it harder and harder, man. He's making it harder and harder to root for him. But has he, all he does is bitch and moan. Has he ever been this way prior to this year? What is going on? I, I, I don't know. Like, I think he was so, feeling oh, himself so, after they beat Michigan. Yeah. Thought his team was going to be top 15 all year. And now you, here we just are. Just fill in, fill in people, because not everybody follows college b-ball as close as we do. Fill in everybody like what he complained about last night. All right. So first off, he complained about returning from pause against us, if, if you remember. Yeah. Uh, we beat them. He was upset that they even had to play the game. They only had seven guys. Hint, we only play seven guys. Uh so he was complaining about that. It was that without Obiagu and without Tyree Samuel, they come back, they lose. 
like we talked about, two to Paul and Marquette go zero uh, and two. They beat the bag. Or I shouldn't say beat the bag, but they were certainly better against St. John's at MSG over the weekend. But then they had to turn around and play the second game because I, I believe it was a rescheduled game uh, from when they had their pause earlier. So they played Seton Hall and they couldn't use the Prue. So they played at Walsh Gym, which is their on-campus venue. So it would be like the equivalent of us playing at Alumni Hall, which we did against Seton Hall at one point. Um, and so you know, they had a really good atmosphere. The students were into it. It was a small crowd, but it, was, it seemed like it was very loud. St. John's came in there and kicked the fucking shit out of them. Like, just dominated them. They were up by, like, as much as, like, 30 points or something like that late in the game. They, they win by, like, 20-something. Uh, and after the game, Willard's now complaining about his home arena. Like, oh, I, like, he's like, I hate it here. We shouldn't have played here. We should have played at the Prue. I like the Prue. It's like, what else? Just excuse after excuse with this guy. But also the thing that he's doing, and I don't know if he realizes this, is like students waited out like in New Jersey yesterday. It was frigid. It was like it felt like it was like 10 degrees. So students waited outside for like an hour, hour and a half to get into this. So you, I think it held like 1,200 students. Um, and for him to like kind of insult the fans and say like, oh, we didn't want to be here. We like aren't appreciative of you guys coming here. And all that stuff. And he didn't explicitly say that, but he insinuated it with his comments. It's like the casual basketball fan at Seton Hall is going to be like, all right, screw this guy. We're not going to go support him at Prudential and take a bus from campus to go watch this team who he doesn't care, you know, about the fans or how we're doing. It's like, this should have been, he should, what he should have done is said like, Hey, you know, we got St. John's beat us bad. We beat them earlier this earlier this weekend. Like we're one and one, whatever. But we really appreciate all the fans coming for this unique atmosphere and appreciate the administration for putting this together. Like he took such a like a tone deaf approach, which makes me think like something else is going on behind the scenes. Yeah, but maybe. Um, but yeah, that was the other thing that, that pissed me off this week. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, no, 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 I'm good. I'm excited. I'm excited for this week, man. Yeah, it should be good. Obviously Providence stepping up their game a little bit in terms of competition this week with two ranked opponents. We'll have full coverage. Uh, we already have the preview article out. Like I said, probably have my prediction out there by the time uh, this podcast is released. We'll have recap of the game. We'll preview Marquette might do another episode this week too. Who knows? We'll, we'll see what our schedules look like, but until that time, have a good one. Fire down. See you guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way about a hoop, eh? Cross over, I might go to L.E.U Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school P.C., you know we on go, eh? Feel like A.J. Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, eh? Fall down, bounce back like M.A. Ho, eh? I'm the alpha dog, D.R.O. They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage any team we bump into, we gon' let them have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, eh Cross over, I might throw the you. But they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school Man up in my city, I'm the truth